Okay, let's get started with Parshas Chayesara, Tavshin Ayin Ches, special early edition of uh, this year's Parshas year, because I'll be traveling by the Shem next week. We'll get back to uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday's uh, regular schedule, Toldos. But we start off with Chayesara. And if we think about Parshas Chayesara um, in general, if we would call any Parsha Yitzchak's Parsha, it would be Chayesara. Because if we think about the past few weeks, Parshas Lach Lecha, that's Avram Avinu. And Parshas Vayera, that's also Avram Avinu. Right? Vayera, Avram Avinu had the Brismila, and he fights the kings, and he is the one that brings his son to the Akedah. That's Avram Avinu. If we think next week, Toldoth, that's already Yaakov and Esav. So Vayera, is really the week of Yitzchak Avinu. And we discussed in past years how unusual it is, because even here in this Parsha of his, uh, the first uh, section is the Leviah of his mother, and he's not even there. And the second section where a wife is being found for him, and he's not even taking part in finding a wife for himself. It's the Ebed of his father. And he comes in at the end and brings Rivka into the tent. But Yitzchak is the most mysterious Av, as we have noted before. But there's a fascinating Gemara in Masech Shabbos about Yitzchak, and we'll start off with trying to see what the message is, learn the message of that Gemara, and then we'll get into the actual Parsha as we, as we always do. So the Gemara says in Shabbos, pay test in source number one. Based on the Pasuk and Sefer Yeshayo, which is not the focus for us right now, fourth line. In the future, at some point, we have a Mesorah that this conversation is going to take place. Hashem will say to Avraham, Your children have sinned against me. I'm very upset at the Jewish people. Hashem is going to say to Abraham, do you have any defense? you have any way to, to uh, help them? Amr Lefanov, Ribona Shalolam, Yimachu HaKadusha Shemecha. Sorry, I, I, I can't think of a good defense for them. They've, they have not been successful. I'm, I'm sorry. Hashem says, okay, I got two more to try. Amar, Emer Lele Yaakov. Let me jump to Yaakov Avinu. Tahavi Leitzar Gidubanim. After all, he had tremendous troubles in bringing up his children, right? Yosef, the sale, and uh, everything that, uh, that, that took place, right? So maybe he has tremendous love for, for uh, his, uh, his children, and he'll be able to defend it properly, defend them properly. Efshar, to boy After the boy Maybe uh, he'll be able to daven for them and have rachamim. He says to Yaakov Avinu, no, your children have sinned against me. Amr Lafanov, what does Yaakov say? Come on, Yaakov, we need you. No, sorry, they deserve to be destroyed. Avram Avinu, nothing. Yaakov Avinu, no defense. There's only one left. Amar, lo besavi taima, velo badar Hashem says, the grandfather couldn't help, the grandson couldn't. I have one last chance. Amr lo liyitzchak banecha he says to Yitzchak Avinu, Yitzchak, your children have sinned against me. Amr Lefanev, Yitzchak Avinu first says, Hashem, wait a second, Ribona Shalom, Banai Velo Banecha. What do you mean your children? It's not my children, it's your children just as much as my children. When a spouse gets upset and one of the children make them crazy, the husband goes to the wife and says, you know what your daughter just did? Oh, it's your daughter, not my daughter. No, this is definitely not my genes. Right, it's definitely not, this is, comes from your side of the family. Right, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Banecha Chatuli, Yitzchak says, God, what do you mean my children? They're just as much your children, as the Pasuk says. Bishashik Dimun Lufanecha Nasa Lanishma. When Bnei Yisrael said Nasa Lanishma, Karatalahem, you called them Bini B'chori. 
you call them my firstborn son. Achshab banecha. All of a sudden, they're not your kids. So first of all, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, remember they are and always will be your children. Number one. Number two. Yitzchak says, let's do some math. Vod, we mentioned this Gemara in the past. Vod, let's do a little math. Kamachatu. How much did they sin? They're so bad. How much did they sin? Kamash knows of Shaladam, Shivim Shana. How long does the average person live? 70 years, as Davana Melach says. Dal Esrin, Alayu. Take away the first 20 because there's no punishment, heavenly punishment, the first 20 years. So we already have 20 years off the hook. We're left with 50. Okay? Pashlahu Chamshin, we have 50 left. Left side now, second line. Dal Chafei, Delelusa. Take off 25 years because they're sleeping for half of their life. Halavai, we all say we should get so much sleep. But, you know, they're, they're sleeping. They sleep. They're only doing a virus when awake. So they're sleeping. So you have 25 years left. We're not going to get into exactly that most people don't sleep that much. Pashtu chafei. Dal says Yitzchak, keep having it. Take away another 12 and a half years because they're involved in their basic bodily necessities and needs. Their human needs. Dal tarti palga. What are the bodily needs, which itself is amazing, the examples given here? Well, we would have said eating, drinking, bathroom. The Gemara does say that with one addition. Eating, drinking, bathroom, davening. Davening is called here a basic human need. Ditzluye, praying, umechal and eating, ube Again, an important point, but not for now. Pashalu darti so 12 and a half left. We went from 70 to 50 to 25 to 12 and a half. So God... All they sinned at most is 12 and a half years. Can you handle that? If you can handle that, great. If not, let's split it. I'll take responsibility for six and a quarter. Put it on me. If you want to say, no, I can't handle it, take all of them, fine. I gave my soul for you. Interesting here, it's, it's formulated as Yitzchak's success, not just Avraham's test, as last week. And the end of the Gemara is that Baruch Hashem, we were saved to the schus of Yitzchak Avinu. And we ask, what is it about Yitzchak that allowed him to convince HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, to defend us, to say, Kalah Yisrael are great. What's the sim- symbolism of this Gemara? So if you look at Rabbi Schwab's Sefer, in source number two, it says Rabbi Schwab on Yeshayo, which we used often in the Navishir. Those who are interested, they're on the archives. We're now in Yirmiyahu, but Yeshayo is in, uh, on the OU website. It says Rabbi Schwab, there's something deeper going on between the Avos and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Each of the Avos symbolize a different facet of Am Yisrael, a different job that we have, a different ingredient in what makes up the nation. And that's what's going on. Hashem says to Avraham, did the Jewish people follow you? Follow, have they been successful in your model? That's what it means. Avraham, were you successful? Yitzchak, Yaakov, did B'nai Yisrael follow your lead? After all, that's, they were Avos. Right? The Gemara Sanhedrin tells us that Dovah and Amalek wanted to be an Av. Hashem says, sorry, right? Uh, there's only three Avos. Avos are defining in terms of setting up the DNA of all the descendants. It's all, we are all B'nai, Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov. Of course, we're also B'nai, you know, some of the other people in our B'nai shame, right? But we don't say that. Because Avram, Yisrael, and Yaakov are the defining ones. So what are they? Says Rabbi Schwab. The issue, line three, in this dialogue between Hashem and the forefathers is whether the Jewish people had, after all, fulfilled their mission in the world <coughs> and were thus worthy of being saved. 
Right, but this is in the future. This is taking place. Looking back at all of world history. Avram's mission. What did Avram do? Was to influence the entire world to become aware of the existence of one God. Avram's all about spreading monotheism, spreading the light of God, spreading godliness, being an or lagoyim. And what Hashem asks Avraham is, were they successful throughout history of being an or lagoyim? And they will be zochetu v'nivrechu v'chakom mishpachos adama. And Avram has to say that we haven't always been successful. Maybe here and there. But in our thousands of years since we received the Torah, how many years have the Goyim looked at us and said, wow, the Jews are so amazing. They're so righteous. They're so loving of their fellow Jew and fellow human being. How often? Obviously there's anti-Semitism and it's not fair, so to speak. But Avram says we have not been successful. Right? It's not that Avram can't think of a defense. You look at Jewish history and the words speak for themselves. What about Yaakov Avinu? He has the opposite mission. The Meshachachma discusses this also in Parshas Vayishlach. But here of Schwab says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu then turns to Yaakov, whose mission was different than Avraham. Yaakov was not about out. It was about in. Yaakov was about, okay, now I have the Shifte Ka, I have to strengthen from within. Yaakov's mission was not to convert the whole world, like Avraham, to convert them to monotheism, not to Judaism, but rather to concentrate on the 12 tribes, the Jewish nation. But his nation, mission was also not fulfilled. How much inner fighting do we have? How much sinaschinam is there? Do we, are we really even from within a mamlachas kohan and kadosh? Do we practice exactly what Hashem told us to do as a nation, as a family? But his mission too was not fulfilled. The Jewish nation was to be a mamlachas kohan and kadosh, but it has not lived up to the standard. So says Yaakov Avinu, I'm sorry, I also can't have a defense. We haven't been inspiring enough for everybody else around us. We haven't been perfect for us from within. But then Yitzchak Avinu takes the stand. What does Yitzchak stand for? Says Rav Schwab, line 28. Then finally, HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to Yitzchak, our middle forefather. He was a lonely figure in the world. After the Akedah, he was literally a carbon and became withdrawn and devoted to the worship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the rest of his life. Right? We don't have Yitzchak. After the Akedah, he disappears. The whole next part, this week's parish, he disappears. Until it comes to the end, he is, as we mentioned, the most mysterious Av. He hardly says anything. There's only one line in the entire Torah Shebuchsav where Yitzchak and Rivka talk to each other. Right? Rivka says, you got to send Yaakov away, Yitzchak wants to kill him. That's the only conversation we have in the entire Torah Shebuchsav between Yitzchak and Rivka. So there's a lot more there, obviously. But he was, says Rav Schwab, the quintessential private tzaddik. He was never charged with converting the world or even the entire Jewish nation. But it was Yitzchak who saved the Jewish people. The Jewish people as a whole are not about this. We're not about being our own private tzaddikim and not affecting. We're about nationally going out and making a difference in the world and in our nation. But... We still need those people in our nation that are just Kulo, Torah, Tzidkus, private, the 36 hidden Sadiqim as the Gemara and, uh, alludes to. We need those people. Says Yitzhak Avinu, there has always been those people. Those private righteous individuals that follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that follow Yitzhak Avinu, that Jewish people have been successful with. There's been Avraham's, Yitzhak's, and Yaakov's. Yitzhak's, we have been perfect. Yitzchak represents the individual tzaddikim of the Jewish people who devoted their entire life to the quiet service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
These types never cease to exist among our nation, even in the darkest periods. Right? Even the darkest periods during the Crusades, during the Holocaust, during the pogroms, we might not have been Avrahams, we might not have been Yaakovs, but we have been Yitzchaks. And that's where Shwab even says we talk about these Yitzchaks every Shabbos and Yantif morning. Right before Baruchu, we say, skipping to line 48, We talk about the Tzadikim and the Yisharim and the Hasidim and the Kedoshim. And if we look at those words, Yisharim, Tzadikim, Hasidim, Kedoshim, that's Rashi Tevas Yitzchak. Because Yitzchak Avinu, those people represent who Yitzchak is, who he was, and that's who saves us secretly in throughout history when HaKadosh Baruch Hu feels the need to get upset his nation through the national problems that we have. So, when we talk about Yitzchak, this week's Parsha, after Yitzchak's argument wins the day, turning over the page, after that, Mashiach comes and B'nai Yisrael are redeemed and then we are able to fulfill our other tasks to be the Abrahams and the Yaakovs as well. Again, we have to strive in all areas, but we have to remember that the Yitzchak Savinus are crucial, and maybe that's why, maybe that's the hidden message why we hardly have anything about Yitzchak in the Torah Shebech Because it, the point is that it's secret. The point is, is that it's hidden, it's private, it's the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that these people represent. Okay, moving right along, we're at least getting started. That gets us started, and now we get into the parsha itself. We have at the beginning of the parsha by you, Chayei Sarah, these are the lives of Sarah. The Torah tells us, Me'ashon of Esrim, Shon of Esheva, Shonim, 127, Shnei Chayei Sarah. These are the years of Sarah. What's the added phrase at the end? These are the years of Sarah, Shnei Chayei Sarah. Rashi says three words. Kulan, Shavin, Litova. They were all amazing. They were all good. Kulan, Shavin, Litova. And here in the Sefer Lassani, Basanu, give me quotes from Yislak Zilber, who asks, really, they were all great? They were all amazing, wonderful years of Sarah, right? When she was when she was childless for the first ninety years of her life, that was great. She was in a great state. She enjoyed that. When she had to go to Mitzrayim and to uh, Grar and pretend that she was Abraham's sister and she was taken by the non-Jewish king and almost violated, that was great. Kulan Shavin Latova. Those are all years that we look back fondly, remembering. What a what a great youth! What a great experience that was! They took some pictures and, and looked over the uh, sat on the couch on Friday night and, and felt good about those vacations. Says the Sefer Lehis Aneg. What does that mean? She traveled. She was taken as a captive. The case that Shalomar How is that possible? To say, that's, what does Rashi mean? So explains Rabbi Yislach Zilber with a story. A story, he quotes a story about two cooks in the Yeshivas Mir. He quotes, Yeshivas Mir There were two cooks. They had earlier served in the Russian army kitchen, and now they made it to Eretz Yisrael. And now they're cooks in the Mir Yeshiva. It's interesting to listen to the conversation between these cooks while they were working. Obviously, probably have a lot of hours to, to talk. One of the cooks said all the time, line 10, 
Harbe Avoda, Ksas Kesef. So much work, so much work, working so hard. We don't get paid so much. Complaining, difficult. Shuvashuv. Haisachoseras ala mishpatshe hibiat miriruta vaonia. Right, it reflected his bitterness, his state. Lots of work, not too much payment. Ve'ilu atabachita shniya, the second tabach, the second cook. Haisachoseras vaomeretz, he used to always say, Look where we are. Look where we used to be. Baruch Hashem. Zakiti lalos laeretz hakodesh. Look where I'm in Eretz Yisrael. Brusayiti tzricha lekalif tapuchi adamai. I used to have to peel potatoes. Avergoyim reikim upochzim for this Russian army. Empty ones. And now, I'm peeling potatoes to feed people who are learning Torah. To feed people who are excelling in the Amud, HaTorah, keeping up the world. Oh, I would even do it for free if I didn't need the money. Amazing. Eloisi yechola. They were doing the same activities all day. Same thing. They were involved in both, both, acti- both uh, preparing the food. But different hashkafos, different worldviews. One of them, what's going to be at the end of 50, 60 years? Krechzing and, and complaining and broken. The other one did the same thing, but with a jump, with a smile, with a simcha. Sarah Imenu. She had high points, she had low points. But what was her ashkafa? How did she look at her life? Kulan Shavin Litova. That was her outlook. So much in our lives is our outlook on our lives. Nobody has a simple, straightforward life. And if we look at our neighbor and we think so, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. Nobody has a perfect peckle, a perfect package. Hashem has a package for each person. Some are more challenging than others, objectively, yes. That's for sure true. But our challenge in life is to have the attitude of Sari Menu. Kulan Shavin Latova. Line 19. Sorry, Menu, Hifnima Kolchayeha, Shekol Masha, Hashem Oseha, Kolotova, Kolokshayim, taken as captive. His bono Kolchayeha, Bishush, Zachzalios, Ishto. Look who I'm married to. Look what I'm starting. I have the schus of spreading uh, of the, the derech of Hashem. I have the schus of being the one to bring light to the world. Oh, amazing. I have difficulties, yeah. The the tent and the and the schlepping and the famine. She had a lot of difficulties. As long as we have the kavanas l'shem shemayim, and the rest is up to the rest is up to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, We do our best. Every action that we do will get a value. We'll get a chashivus. Right? What does the Mishnah say in Hilchas Shabbos when we go shopping on Thursday and Friday? We pick up the zucchini. The Mishnah says, "Say Hilchas Shabbos." All of a sudden, I'm not just buying zucchini, and I and I have to go to a different store because this store was was out of what I was looking for. So I have to go to another store, and this and the schlepping, and and I can't find the spot. And kulan shavin latova. We're buying food for Shabbos. Shabbos Kodesh. Me'ain Olam Haba. We have to think about what this, what every one of our activities, what it means. And in that way, we can have the proper attitude like Sari Menu. Okay. Moving right along. So we have after the Levaya, Kodesh Avram Avinu, obviously, Marisa Machpelah, Chevron. We've discussed a lot about that in the past. Avram gets, gets realizes he's old. 
or he becomes old. Perech of Dalit, Avram Zakain Baba Yamim, Avram gets old. The Gemara tells us Avram was the first person to get old. Right? Up until that point, a person was exactly the same. There was no aging. Right? He was who he was, she was who she was, until the day they died. And then they died. Avram Avinu davened to become old. It used to be that Avram and Yitzchak, they, they, people thought that they were each other because they didn't gray. Avram Avinu was the first one to become old based on this Pasuk. Avram Zakain Baba Yamim. Right, he was old. He came with all of his days. We discussed that in the past. Vashem beirach has Avram b'kol. Hashem blessed Avram with everything. Ramban has a couple of shots in what that means. Rashi says b'kol b'gematria is ben. Vayomer Avram el avdos chan Avram says to his servant, who we know as Eliezer. That name is not given in the Torah, but that's how we understand it. He says to his servant, Hamoshel b'kol hashelo, the servant who's in charge of Avram's house. Amavinu trusts this servant with everything. He's Moshel B'kala Sherlo. What does he say? I need you to swear to me. Put your hand on my thigh. Okay, it's a lashon of Shavua. I'll make you swear. I do not want you to take a wife for my son, the second mother of our nation, from anybody who lives around here. These are not the people who I want. Go to where I'm from. Go find a wife for Yitzchak. Far away, go find, go find Rivka. Okay. Interesting, says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, the founder of the Tnuat Musa, the Musa movement. He trusts him with everything. Why does he make him swear? He was Moshe Bakala Shalom. And all of a sudden, he's going on a, on a mission. He makes him swear. Before we get to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's answer, there's a story about Rabbi Yisrael Salanter where he uses this answer to teach the person he's talking to a lesson. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, source number five, was once staying at an inn. And the Balabais, the innkeeper, needed to give some meat to his guests. And the local shochet was out of town. So he asked Rabbi Salanter, are you a shochet by any chance? You shochet, can you shech my animal? He says, yeah, yeah, sure, I can shech your animal. So he shechs the animal and he must give the, uh, gives everyone. After a little while, Rabbi Salanter goes to that innkeeper and says, do you have any, any money I could borrow? I'm just traveling, I don't have anything with me. You have, I just wanted to, to borrow a thousand ruble and I'll pay you back. Says the Balabais, I, I have no idea who you are. How could I trust you? I, I, you're traveling, you're through. You're just a traveler. I have no idea who you are. A thousand ruble to a total stranger? Says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, that's very interesting. You'll, shech, you'll trust my shechita even though you don't know who I am. But you won't trust my word in paying my money back. You'll trust me in Isr Vahetar, but you won't trust me in Dini Mamanus. That's exactly the opposite of Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu, when it came to his money, he trusted Eliezer. He's Moshe Bakal Sherlow. What are the stakes? So I'll lose some money? Okay. Big deal, so to speak. Big deal. When it comes to Isr Vahetar, when it comes to Halacha, when it comes to life, that's much more serious. That's much more serious. When it comes to who's going to marry my son, Amravina doesn't take any chances. But Rishwal Salanta was telling this innkeeper, how many of us 
are more focused and care and more security given about our money than about our neshama. You know, we have plans, the Bali Musa talk about. We make up meetings with financial advisors and we put investments, where we can invest. We put in so many hours which bonds and stocks and invest. And we, wa- we know where we want to be. We, where do we want our investments to grow? What kind of percentage do we want to make on the investments in five years and ten years? We have it all planned out. What about our ruchnius? Do we have the same level of investment in our davening, in our learning? In, in all areas, says if you saw Salanter, sometimes our value system is warped. And that's what he was teaching this innkeeper. Although he saw Salanter, he quotes the, the thought, the question of why did he trust him with his money, not with the Shidduch? El Aromikan, line 6. Shem binyani mamanis, samach Avraham. When it comes to monetary law, Avraham is okay. That's not the most important thing in the world. Avo binyanim ruchaniim, lo is tapek bineamanus, elachivo shvua. I'm going to know what's, what's important. It's not, to put it in a sentence, it's not what we have. It's who we are. What we have is not as important as who we are. And he was ready to trust his servant Eliezer with what he had. He was not ready to trust him until he swore to him about the nature and the essence of who he was going to be about the life questions. Right? We have we have a lot more to worry about. It's gonna stay with us. The Ruchnius, right? Anything Ruchani, it's it's amazing to think about, but it's a little scary to think about. We say it every morning. Elokai. The neshama that you give me, Hashem. It's amazing. You gave it to me. We have one neshama, and that neshama is going to be with us for eternity. However long that means. We need to purify it and cleanse it and make it comfortable. So that we'll be comfortable with our neshama for eternity. And that's what Rishon Salanta teaches us. We have to know what the important questions are in life. Yes, to worry about our money, that's fine. But at least in parallel, or hopefully even more, to be able to be worried about our, to our neshama as well. Okay, so what happens? Eliezer comes to Rivka and Lavan, and he davens, he says, Hashem, you got to help me out. I don't know anybody here, and I don't know how I'm going to meet the right girl Right, there's no like uh, events that's uh, like uh, meet and greet. He comes with his camels. He dives to Hashem. Please show me a sign. Show me a sign. We discussed that also. Why is that uh, allowed? Fine. What happens? Pasuk Tesvav, Chavdala Tesvav, Vayikash who Terem Kilo Daber. Even before he finishes speaking, Vene Rivka Yotzes. Rivka comes out. Vekada Shechma Vanara Tovas Maremo. She's beautiful. She goes down to the well. She fills up her cod and she brings up the water. The Ebed sees her and runs to her. Why does the Ebed run to her? How did he know anything? This was a strange girl coming to the well. Rashi. He saw that the water rose up to her. She went to the well the water rose up to her. He sees this miracle. He says, this has got to be the girl. 
the water roast her. Why does Rashi say that? Because it says that she went down to the well and she filled up her cod. Contrast that with the next sukkim. The Evid runs to her and says, can I please have some water? What does she say? Please drink. Sure. She takes the cod of water on her shoulder and gives. And then she says, But what she says, I will also draw water for your camels. Until they finish drinking. That's exactly what she does. Chazal pick up on the fact that the first time it doesn't say she drew the water. It just says she went down to the well and the water was there. Later on, and then Eliezer started running to her. After that, it says, she says, you know what, I'm going to draw water for the camels too. She goes, she draws water for the camels, she brings it up, she gives to the, she gives to the camels. That's how we know that the water drew, went up for her. Ask the Achron and ask the Kedusha's lady, your lady Yisrael Why is it, though, if she was such a righteous woman, or little girl, as we know the math, she was not too old at this time. So why did the water only go up for her the first time and not in the later times? It only went up for her when she took the water up the first time. But she went to get the water for the camels. Why didn't the water also magically go up for her? Why only the first time? Amazing catch that we don't focus on until it's pointed out. So we're going to give two answers. Two fascinating answers that we could take with us our lives. Number one from the Kedusha's Levi, source number seven. First he quotes this diik from the Ramban. Rashi quotes, top, top left. Ra, she'alul ma'in l'grasso. Pir she'ramban zal, t'diikain machmas ta'achar kaksiv v'atisha v'chalagam alim. Afterwards it says that she had, she had to draw the water. When we called him, lo no marloshin she'iva. Earlier it doesn't say the language of she'iva drawing. So it must be that it wasn't drawn earlier. But then says the Kedusha's Levi, that just begs the question. Right, why did the water not go up? It appears to me an amazing principle. The Amru Chazal, the mitzvah shrichin kavana. Mitzvahs require intent. V'ha ikar b'mitzvos hu b'machshava she'ose b'aratzan abore. The ikar by mitzvos is to recognize the amazing rutzon of Hashem that we are fulfilling. When we're ready to do a mitzvah and we're psyched to do a mitzvah and we're starting to do a mitzvah, Hashem is going to give us special divine help. But, says Rabbi Levi Levi. The divine help is not going to get you during the mitzvah, though. What does that mean? The first time the water came up to her, why? She was drawing water for herself. She's a righteous woman. Hashem says, you know what? You're an amazing righteous woman. I'm going to let the water come up to you. She drew it for herself. Then all of a sudden she turns around. There's Eliezer that wants the water. She gives the water. Now she says, I'll give your camels water, too. Now she's about to do service of God. Now she's about to do a mitzvah. Hashem doesn't making mitzvahs to easier. You got to work hard to do the mitzvah. I want to give you the schar. I want you to work hard in the mitzvah because doing mitzvahs is not easy. Yes, we have special siyat to the shmaya getting to the mitzvah. But once we're doing the mitzvah, 
we got to make sure we work hard because Hashem takes away, so to speak, the siyata deshmaya in order to give us the proper reward. So the first time she drew the water, the second time was chesed. That's a mitzvah. That's avodas Hashem. Lo ala mayim lekrasa. Why? Because Adam osa mitzvah. Yoser nechshav. It's more beloved in Hashem's eyes when we had to work hard and and sweat. And therefore, he did not help her the second time and not the first time. Says the lekach falibuv. Rabbi Avram Shore, quoting this answer, he says, but you know what you see from this? You see from this message that often we have difficulty in following in the mitzvahs that we do. Often we find challenges in the mitzvahs that we do. And we do it a mitzvah and then all of a sudden it's hard. We're trying to learn and we're trying to do chesed and we're trying to, we're trying to make somebody feel good. And it's difficult. You know what Hashem, you know what the Lech of Alibab says that we learn from this message? That's true. It's true. It's hard. But that's the point. The point is to work. The point is to serve. Like we discussed last week from Revolbi. The purpose of life is not to have the Gilu Shechina. The purpose of life is to have the Avoda of service like Adesh Baruch That's one message. One answer. But then he has another answer, which is very in Yonah Dioma. As we know, Chayasara is always just about a month after Yantif, a month after the Chagim. There's no coincidence on the Jewish calendar. What's this message for us? The fact that this week also we're going to be Shabbos Mavarchim Kislev uh, coming up. So what's the message? Says the Halakha Valibov on line 9. Again, why does the water come up the first time and not the second time? Whenever you start a project or anything in life, there's excitement. It's the beginning, opening day. Opening day is always exciting. Even for kids who don't really like to go to school, the first day there's something there. It's a newness. There's a new, they haven't seen your friend, new teacher, first day of a job, first day of anything, first day of a chavrusa. First day of a sheer, first day of anything, is somewhat exciting. Hashem makes it that way. Because Hashem wants us to do things. Hashem wants us to be involved in things. So He gives special divine help at the beginning of projects. But then you know what Hashem says after that? I'll give you the divine help to start. But then when it's the Day in, day out, nitty gritty. No, not near the inspiration anymore. Now it's up to you. You don't feel the newness anymore. We're not into it as much. If you're in a yeshiva, he's talking about. The Zvan starts. Comes a month later. We're feeling a little blah. We're feeling a little okay. You know what? I've been in this a month. It's not going as easy and as great. We have to know that's life. Hashem makes the water come up to us at the beginning. But then we have to draw our own water as things continue. It comes up to us. It's amazing. Daf Beis is always, ah, Daf Beis. But then there's Daf Gimel. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mamsi Lo HaKochos LaCheshek Hashem gives a special kochos to be matzliach Kedeshi Bechotol Asos HaTchala Aval Achaz Man Katsar Kfar Inamayim Olam LaGrosso Rak Adam Tzorach Lasos Sheiva it's our job to draw the water. That's the Seder Advarim in the Hanhaga of life. That's what Hashem always does. Hashem gives us Yad Hashemayim at the beginning, and then the rest, the rest is up to us. The water came up, and then after the water came up, now it's just up to us to do the rest. And then he even says at the end, the end, he says in the last paragraph, that when Eliezer tells over the story to Psuel and Lavan, he does not mention the miracle of the water coming up. Why? The Rabban says, maybe they thought, maybe he thought they wouldn't believe him. Ulai histerzos on line 24, Shalom Yaminu. Maybe Eliezer didn't mention it because he didn't think that they would believe. But maybe, says the Lachavaliba, according to this, is a deeper idea. Drawing the water represents the hard work in Torah, in any project. And he quotes an Imre Emes, who describes, again, one of the major discussions on this week's parasha, why we have the whole story repeated twice, 25 psukim each time, 60 plus psukim. The whole story of Eliezer, and then the whole story repeated again when he tells over to Lavan and Besuel. And I came, and she drew the water, and I was so thirsty, I was looking for a sign. Why double? So he quotes an Imre Emes, who says, maybe the first is like Luchos Rishonos, and the second is Luchos Shnios. What does that mean? If the message of the whole story is about life, that life, things start out easier, and then it gets hard and you have to work for it. The first Luchos, that was written in the hand of God. We know, Chazal tell us, we wouldn't have forgotten anything if we would have had the Luchos Rishonos. We have the second Luchos. That's where the water doesn't come up to you. That's why it's left out of the, of the repetition. Because that's where we have to work for it. We have to draw the water. It's not the given to us on a silver platter. It's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. And that's the message that we learn from Rivka and from, and from the water and the camels. Two ideas. Again, number one, the Kushas Levi. Number was, when it comes to your own Sidkus, fine, Hashem might give you special siyat to the When it comes to doing mitzvahs, Hashem wants you to work hard. So he's not going to give you that divine help in carrying out the mitzvah. Number two, the beginning of things are always exciting and easier and, uh, and people are into it. As it gets into the day-to-day, a month away from Yantif, we have to look back and remember. Remember the things that we were macabre a month ago and see if we're still focused, see if we're still there and be able to, um, to, to refocus and reconnect our compass of what we want to do. Okay, moving right along. Source number 10. So this is a thought that we did seven or eight years ago, but um, it's worth repeating. From the Vilna Gaon. We haven't had a Grah in a couple of weeks. The Grah, the Grah tells us in the story, Pasuk Lamites, Omar al-Adoni, Eliezer is saying, repeating the story and saying, Avram Avina, my master told me I've got to go find a wife. Go find a wife, don't get a wife from here. So I said to him, what if she doesn't want to come with me? What am I supposed to do? What if I go there and to come with me? Then Avram says, okay, then you're absolved of your oath. But Chazal pick up on when he says, Maybe she's not going to want to come with me. Ulai could be spelled with or without a vav. Ulai, maybe she won't want to come with me. Here it's spelled without a vav. Ulai, Aleph, Lamid, Yud. And Chazal, as we know, Rashi quotes it, says, really deep down, 
he was saying, Eli, I hope that she says no so that Yitzchak can marry my own daughter. That's what Chazal learned from the word Ulai, really Eli, because it's spelled without the Vav. And as the Vilna Gon, how did Chazal get this? Okay, the Vav is left out, but is there anything else that gives it away? Anything else that gives it away from the word, from the wording of the Torah, that Eliezer was really hope, hoping that she would say no, and therefore Avram would have, Yisrael would have to marry his daughter? Says the Grah. As follows, line seven. Onam yesh levaer. Says the Grah, there are two ways that you could say maybe in the Torah. When you're repeating something and saying maybe, there are two words that are used. Pen and ulai. And says the Grah, look throughout the Torah. Ulai and pen have different meanings. Whenever you want the thing to occur, you say ulai. Whenever you don't want the thing to occur, you see pen. He says, he quotes 10 different examples, each one. Let's do pen. Right, what do we say in Shema? Pen yiftelavavchem. Maybe their heart will be seduced and they won't pen. Because you don't want it to happen. Pen Pen By all the Averis, it's pen. Because it's something that you don't want to happen. Ulai is where you want it to happen. Ulai ebanem imana. Sorry, he says, maybe if I give Hagar, Ulai maybe will have children. Ulai Yisa Panai. Ulai Avramvinu said last week, maybe there is 50 tzaddikim in stone to save the, save the city. Ulai is always where you want what you're saying to be fulfilled. Ulai Achapray. Quotes many examples. So what does Eliezer say? Ulai, she's not going to listen. That's how Chazal knew. Because he says Ulai, he doesn't say pen. Pen would have meant he doesn't want it to happen. Ulai, he wants it to happen. But in the footnotes there, in source number 11, we have two problems. We have two problems. We have, where we have, what would the garage say? Ulai, you want it to happen. Pen, you don't want it to happen. When Yaakov Avinu in next week's Parsha is talking to his mother and saying, you want me to dress up like Esau? I'm going to put on his, I'm going to, I'm going to go in, I'm going to try to get the brachas. Maybe my father is going to touch me and he's going to find out who I am. According to the Grah, what should the word be? Pen. Because he doesn't want it to happen. But what word does he use? Maybe my father's going to touch me and he's going to find out who I am. What do you mean? According to the Grah, Ulai always means you want it to happen. Doesn't that, that, that undermine the whole Kiddush? Doesn't that hold, undermine the whole, the whole um, suggestion? So in the footnotes, he says, no. No, no, no. In a deeper sense, fascinating. Yaakov Avinu, obviously, on the surface, he wants the brachas and he doesn't want to be found out. But deep, deep down in Yaakov's neshama, Titein Emes Liyakov, he is all about honesty. So deep, deep down, he kind of wants his father to find out the story. Because he can't live with himself, really. It was his mother's idea, and he's doing it, because his mother's telling him to do it. And he realizes that this is what needs to be happen, needs to happen. But in a deeper sense, he says, Ulai, I hope one day that he's going to feel me and the truth is going to come out, because, because that's what I'm about. That's one. Where we find Ulai is a problem. Then he has another one, another Ulai, which is uh, in Eov. He quotes the Pasig in Eov, where Eov says on the third line, Eov says, Ulai chatu banai. We know the first paragraph in Eov, Eov sins, Eov's children were taken from him. He thought they died. And he says, Ulai chatu banai. Maybe my children sinned. Ulai, what he wants his sons to have sinned? 
That's also a problem, Ulai. So he also says, uh, maybe that Ulai is also different. What he meant to say was that Ulai, they sinned b'machshava. And b'machshava, it's not Metzari for Maisa. I hope their sins were not in Maisa. I hope they were only in Machshava. Either way, we could defend the Gruz's suggestion. Good. Moving right along, we have two more thoughts for the uh, for this week. Let's go to the back to the Psukim again. now. So what happens after the whole story? Eliezer says his whole piece, and he says, uh, well, let's go back to the beginning. When he first comes. And um, he is welcomed in, is welcomed in to the um, to the family. Vayavuish abaisa vayifatach agmalim vayitevenim mispoh. They give him food. Vayusam lefanav leechol. They give him something to eat right away. They give him something to eat. And what does he say? No, I can't eat yet. Vayomer pasuk lamegimol laochal adam dibarti dvarai. They put food in front of him. He says, No, I'm not eating yet until I say I say my piece. And they say, Fine, speak. He says the whole story. And they uh, they go through the uh, the whole uh, uh, well and this and that. What is the reaction? Pasignun. Lavan. Remember, we're talking about Lavan. Lavan, as we know from later on in the Torah, is not a very honest guy. He was always looking to make a buck. He's always tricking Yaakov Avinu. Right now, they come. This guy obviously has a lot of money. He comes from Avram Avinu. He's got a lot of camels, and they, he says, "You know what?" I want Rivka. What should Lovin's reaction be? What would we expect? Some type of deal. Some type of, you know, let's talk about it. What does he say? It's from Hashem. Take her. Nothing we could say. Why does he agree so quickly? This is Lovin. This is Arami Oved Avi. Right? What is, why does Lovin agree right away? And let's just throw this in because it's going to add to the amazing thought. And Lavan even answers before his father, as we know. Rashi says he didn't have any keep it off. Vayomer Lavan ubisuel vayomru ma'ashem yatzadavar. So what was Lavan so excited about? Explains the Otsros Hatorah in the name of his father. Turning over to source thirteen. Chazal Darshan, as we know from Vayusam Lafanav Lachol, we know that. He put poison in Eliezer's cup. As Chazal tell us. Says the Otsu Torah, that's exactly the point. He wanted to kill him. He wanted him to drink and therefore die and then he'll take all of his camels and his, and his money. That's why he is so quick in answering. Remember what happened? He comes, they first give him the drink. They'd rather him not say a word. They said, here, take a drink. What did he say? No, I can't. I have to, I have to say my piece first. They're like standing there probably biting their teeth like, oh, come on already, finish the story. Finish the story. And right after they finished the story, they said, what do you think? They said, fine, fine, drink. That's what the attitude is. That's why he's so agreeable. Because he wants them. Lovin wants him. Lovin wants it to drink already. Eliezer is messing up the plan. Right? They see him, they see his money. This is what they probably did to any rich guest that came. They gave him poison to drink. He died, and then they took the money. That's what's going on here. And that's why at the end of the whole story, they say, yes, please, take it. It just so happened that the Malach had switched the cups. So it didn't come to fruition. So Eliezer's still alive, and Basul drops dead. So now what do we expect? 
So now Lovin's like, uh-oh, I got to think of something else. What might we expect Lovin to do right now? Which shows how Hakadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. Maybe Lovin will say, oh, it was my father that said that right away. No, me, no, no, let's talk about it. Let's see what's going on. But we know from Tupsakamrola, Lovin can't say that. Lovin already jumped in front of his father and said, take, take, take her, take her. He can't say it was my father's idea. Because he, Dafka, was the one that jumped. Line towards the end. Line 30. His own wickedness was what did him in, in the end. He thinks he has the plan, but now, now it's, uh, it's evil. And he even adds. He even adds. Why did he jump in front? What, he didn't give his father the base of covet? Maybe it was exactly the opposite. We know Chazal tell us, if you want to find a good wife, you got to look at her brothers. Right? See what her brothers are like. Right? And that way, so Lavan Dafka acted like a Russia, speaking in front of his father. Maybe hoping to mess up the shit up to cause delay, but that ended up backfiring on him. Because Dafka, he spoke first, he wouldn't be able to go back and say, oh, it was really my father's idea and not mine. So everything that he was trying to calculate worked against him in the end. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the world. Okay. One final thought. We're talking, this Parsha is the Parsha about marriage, so to speak. There are so many things we've discussed in previous years about uh, marriage and Kicha Kicha Miste Efron and uh, Eliezer uh, bring, finally bringing Rivka back and Rivka going to the town with Yitzchak, getting married, the first Shidduch. Okay, there's a lot. So we'll end with one thought also from the Chassam Sofer. The language that they use here, that the puzzle that we just quoted, Lovin and Mitzvah will say, it's from Hashem, we can't say anything. Lo nucha ladaber elecha ra otov. We can't say anything bad or good. What's the emphasis of, of bad or good? We can't say anything bad or good. Says the Chassam Sofer. Source 14 in the Torah's Moshe. We know the Torah tells us in Bracious, Aselo Ezer Kenegdo, that the spouse is supposed to be an Ezer Kenegdo. And what does that mean? So Rashi quotes Zacha Ezer Lo Zacha Kenegdo, but we know many others say no. Put it together. Ezer Kenegdo, a help opposite. What does that mean? Yesh Lafarsho. Says Chsam Sofer, every couple has to have a balance of personalities. If they're both the same, that is not going to work out. Imaish Nadvan, Upazran Binyane Abayas, Bitovas Libo. If there's, even in a good way, if there's a guy who gives away his money to everybody, he gives like money to everybody who comes to the door and gives this and gives that. If the woman is the exact same way and there's nobody frugal and there's nobody who could keep a bank account properly, they're going to lose everything. You have to have a balance of who's the more frugal one, who's the one that's uh, more, uh, you know, uh, giving. And the opposite. If the, if the husband is the one that's the kamsen and the one that's not giving too much, so then, you know, the woman is the one. There's got to be a balance in life. You know, if, if both parents like it cold in the house, the house is going to be freezing. And then, you know, the children aren't going to be able to live. There's always one that's cold and one that's hot and one that's A and one that's B. That's what life's about. That's Azer Kinegdo. A marriage is about the 
the balance. And then it says that also, and many others say that. So, says Lavan. Lavan, according to this pshat, he wants the shidduch to go through. He sees the opportunity. Maybe he sees the money. He doesn't want to mess it up. So, what's he going to say? And again, we shouldn't practice this totally, as we'll see in a second. But he says, Yari daber. What does it mean? He doesn't want to say mitovar ra. Maybe he thinks if he says such good things about Rivka, good and good and good and good, maybe they'll think, well, she's exactly like Yitzchak, then maybe that's not a good thing. So he just says, I'm not going to open up my mouth. I'm not going to say ra, because then it might be also too ra. I'm not going to say tov. I'll just say... Fine. It's from Hashem, obviously, and therefore, That's why they didn't say a word. They didn't want to mess it up, and they knew there's got to be some balance in the marriage, and therefore he didn't say a word. Message for us being manifold. You know, we have to realize our own marriages and our own, you know, our relationships. You know, everybody puts something into the marriage. And it's about complementing. And it's about forming a whole and forming a unit. And when we look for, when somebody looks for a spouse, when our children look for spouses, when our grandchildren look for spouses, what, what they have to realize is that they're not, they're not looking. And as we know, many uh, chazals talk about, it's not looking for or looking in the mirror. Right? It's looking for someone who could complement. Marriage is best when the couple complements each other. And that's what you even learn from Lavan. Even learn from Lavan, because Rivka and Yitzchak had to be a complement, and in that way they were able to be the second bias Ne'emon be Yisrael. Avram and Sarah being the first. This week we meet Yitzchak and Rivka being the second, and Be'er Hashem in the coming weeks, Vayetze, in two weeks, we will get into uh, the third bias of Yaakov and his and his wives. Okay, so Be'er Hashem will stop here, and Be'er Hashem next week we'll get back to a regular uh, Wednesday schedule, but uh, Be'er Hashem we will stop.